This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexandra Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Good Together listeners. I am so excited to be back with you after a brief break. Um, if you are, have listened to the podcast for a while, um, I took just a few episodes of a break, which has been interesting for me. I've had to be mindful. And, you know, I feel like today's guest, uh, Robin Greenfield, can talk to us all about being mindful. I feel like he, his entire existence is mindfulness for just how we exist on the planet, being conscious consumers. But we're going to get into that right now because... You know, like I said, when it comes to being ultra sustainable and mindful about the impact we're having on the planet, Robin Greenfield really knows what he's doing. Um, we at Brightly have followed his content on on the social media accounts for a while. And, you know, from my perspective, the work that he's been doing has been so, I mean, so impactful in so many ways, especially when we think about how, you know, some of these issues that Robin talks about can be really heavy. And he finds a way to just enlighten us in ways that are kind of clever, funny, um, but also super important. So, um, you know, the, one of the biggest, uh, you know, campaigns he's done recently has been around trash, but we're going to get into all that in just a second. So would love to hear like Robin, hi, would love to have you introduce yourself to our audience and yeah, we can get into it because there's so many things I want to talk about with you. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, it's, it's very nice to be here with you and yeah, as far as introducing myself, well, I'm just a human being who is doing my best to live in a state of integrity and and truth and honesty in this in these very challenging times we have here on earth and yeah. doing it in a way that uh catches the attention of millions of people uh to create critical thought and self-reflection and ultimately to create change, to create a society that's more uh in alignment with the earth and you know, and just in harmony with humanity and all our plants and animal relatives. 
Absolutely. I mean, it, to me, what just really stuck out was, was the word harmony, because I think at the time of recording, we have so many unfortunate things going on in the world, um, so many conflicts and, you know, so just so much noise, so much chatter. And, you know, I'm curious to know, Robin, like before we get into like some of the campaigns and some of the things that you've been up to, you know, I like to think about like starting at the beginning. Have you always been, you know, interested in living your life in a way that, you know, is respectful to the planet, et cetera. And then you decided, hey, I'm going to amplify this via social media or, or do it in a way that catches attention or Okay, what came first? Was it the chicken or the egg? <laughs> well, yeah, in 2011, I was living a pretty typical American, you know, Western American lifestyle. I was very focused on material possessions and financial wealth. And I, I was happy. I was healthy. I was enjoying it. I had a goal of being a millionaire by the time I was 30. And I was on that path. But yep. then... Um, then something happened and I realized I had to or wanted to totally transform my life. And that is I started to watch a lot of documentaries and read a lot of books and just realized that the way that I was living was causing so much destruction and that the American dream that I was pursuing was actually the world's nightmare. And that's when I set out to drastically transform my life. And that's what I've been doing for over a decade. Wow. I mean, feel I feel like that was such a obviously really turning point in in your life for like watching those documentaries and really really thinking about that. And I've also had the same aha moment um years and years ago. Um I worked for Amazon and I was in fashion marketing and my entire job was to get people to consume as much as they possibly could. Um and I got really good at that job. I was doing well financially and from a career perspective, but I can't I don't remember what exactly what what day it was or anything like that. But one day I just took a step back and was like, I personally don't need any more clothes. The people that I continue to remarket to, I know have bought a lot of clothes already. So they probably don't need any more clothes. And what am I doing with my life? And why, why do we feel like this? And the fact that you mentioned the American dream, I think is important because, you know, we in, when the, in the U S are very focused on capitalism um, and, you know, be, capitalism requires a lot of consumption um, and one of the reasons we started this podcast and started Brightly was we really do believe that just by being a little bit more conscious about the way we consume things, we can make a big difference. And one of the campaigns that I've been just so fascinated um, by, and I call these campaigns, I don't necessarily know if you're over here, like making a campaign calendar, probably not. I think you're probably just uh, trying to shine light on problems that are really important. Um, but you you have this, uh, you know, specific uh, awareness um, about trash and about like the average American you know, creating four and a half pounds of trash per day. And you were just like, look, I need to find a better way to tell that story. So so tell us a little bit about this one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, the idea of all of my campaigns is to share a message in a way that people can understand that everyday people who don't think about these issues can actually gravitate towards and be yes. interested by. And and then they're all designed to be gateways. So they're designed okay. to bring people in, but then to potentially have them rethink everything. Yes. So the campaign you're talking about was for one month, I lived like the average person. I ate, I shopped, I consumed just like the average person does. But with one big exception, I had to wear every single piece of trash that I created. 
And <laughs> the idea was simple. Each day, every piece of trash I created, I added to this specially designed trash suit that was all clear, where you'd see every piece of garbage that I made. And people would see me grow and see me grow. And what happened was people were watching this and they would look at me and see that I was merely a reflection of them. That mm. I I was them just with no garbage can. And yeah. without pointing fingers or telling anyone what to do, people were able to see that message and receive it in a non-judgmental way. And millions of people thought about the trash that they were creating and in doing so how they're interacting with the earth as a whole. Absolutely. And I love that. I mean, it's not like you had a big sign on this suit that said, look at me. I am you, you know, you weren't over here like screaming about it from the rooftops. You literally were just existing and listeners will um, include links to photos of this videos of this. I mean, to describe what that suit looked like to me, it almost looked like, have you ever seen those social media videos of people like blowing themselves in these like bubble suits and like running into each other or like a Michelin man? Like it, it, you're just puffed up. You're you're basically puffed up with this big clear thing full of trash and walking around. I'm sure it was quite um <laughs> quite an adventure to to walk around in that situation. But when you say that you were living quote unquote like the average person, what did that entail? Were you like eating out? Like you know what what was that you know journey like? Well, yeah, that just what every what people do every day. So I was going to restaurants, I was going to the grocery store, I was taking public transportation, I was on the streets. I I tried to go into the movie theater, but I was already too large and they wouldn't let me in. Um so, you know, I was just living the typical life, doing the typical thing, and each day I was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. by the end of the month, I was wearing well, I did this twice in New York City in 2016 and Los Angeles in 2022. And in New York City, I ended up wearing 87 pounds of trash by the last day. And in Los Angeles, it was 72 pounds of trash. So I was just this walking billboard for the truth behind our consumerism. Yeah, absolutely. And what were the kind of reactions you got from people? I mean, I imagine you got a lot of stares. So I, I would hope you got people coming up and asking you questions. What, was there any? Was there ever an interaction that you really felt like you just really hit it home for somebody, or was was every interaction like that? I mean, there were plenty of interactions that weren't. There are plenty of people who just think yeah. I'm an idiot. You know, there's plenty of people who think I'm a nuisance to society, and there's plenty of people who have all sorts of uh, negative stories about me but um that's kind of part of creating change when we live in a society that has quite a few polarized beliefs they're gonna see me and they're gonna sometimes see me as a threat to their i mean often i'm seen as a threat to their own way of being because i'm saying hey what about doing something differently but uh, so much the reason i keep doing what i'm doing is because I can genuinely say that millions of people have actually taken in the 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 knowledge, the inspiration that I'm sharing, and I would say millions of people have actually made at least small changes to their life. And I hear that from people, whether it's little things like, you know, they stopped 
buying plastic bottled water after seeing me, you know, in the trash suit, or they started to grow some of their own food because they realized most everything at the store was packaged to people who, you know, saw that and, you know, I just had a major wake up and quit their corporate job and decided to pursue a life of living in harmony with the earth. Yeah. I mean, to, you're right. It, it can be, I think, hard to actually quantify this, but you're just thinking about the millions of eyeballs and, you know, the people that you were able to see in person and also, of course, news coverage, et cetera. I think it's, it's really important. Um, and I, you've seen, I, the, the way that I really enjoy that you got this message across was that it, you were walking around in it. I, we've seen pictures of people like sitting on piles, et cetera. And like that obviously is still very impactful to look at as well. But, you know, oftentimes there's a little bit of skepticism like, oh, well, you know, what are they actually doing? But you were like literally living it. Um, I think kind of, you know, segueing into something that you just alluded to was the fact that you were in both New York and L.A. doing these experiments um, but in a, on your day-to-day basis, you're not based over there. You're, you're actually in a, a tiny home. Um, you know, apparently you're living on less than $11,000 a year. You're eating mostly food you grow yourself. Like, tell us a little bit more about this lifestyle and, um, you know, maybe some uh, pros and then maybe some, some cons or challenges that you're running into living like this. Well, I mean... My one of my early inspirations was Mahatma Gandhi saying, "Be the change that you wish to see in the world," and that's what I decided to do. It was, I guess it's been twelve years ago now, and so for me, it's all about living a life of integrity, living a life in balance, living a life in harmony, and so that comes down to my food. Where does it come from? How does it get to me? And for me, that comes down to growing it and foraging it. It comes down to our electricity. Where's it coming from? And often that means for me making it myself or just using way less. Uh, It comes down to all of our stuff that we're buying. Where's it come from? And for me, it just comes down to buying way less and then making as many of the things that I can or sourcing them from people I know uh, and resources that I know. And so for me, coming uh, living in a in a small off the grid home comes very naturally. It feels uh, very balanced. I I live a very simple life uh, in many ways. Uh, You know, I've committed to life to earning less than the federal poverty threshold, which is about $11,000 for an individual. And uh, it's not by any means trying to simulate a life of poverty. Instead, it's a way of keeping myself from doing a lot of the things that I don't want to do, like over-consuming and... um, over, you know, use, using my privilege in a way that's uh, that's at the disadvantage of the global majority. And so basically to sum it up, you know, another thing that Gandhi said is live simply so that others may simply live. And that makes a lot of sense to me. When, when we have just 5% of the world's population, but we consume 25% of the world's resources, well, what that means is that the way that we're living is at the expense of others. So what sim- what it means to live simply so that others can simply live is not be disproportionately taking all of these resources from people uh, around the world. And so that's what it comes down to me at the heart of what I'm doing is to live simply. And then one of the challenges is I am living simply, but I'm also trying to reach millions of people with a message of change at the same time. And so 
I have social media and I, I do run a nonprofit and, um, you know, there's, there's, it's, if I just wanted to live simply, wow, would life be a lot, be a lot easier, but I'm also trying to share this message of simplicity with others and with reconnection to earth. And that's probably one of the most challenging things is just living that balance of being the change that I wish to see, but also uh, living by example and, and living it out loud so that others can see it and have a chance at positive change as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of people, when you were talking about those quotes from you know, Gandhi, like people like to use those a lot on t-shirts and you know, hats, so social media posts, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world, etc. But I think it's rare that people actually do that or even take it to the degree that you that you have as well. And you truly are practicing what you preach for the lack of a better word. I, I guess I'll just keep talking in cliches. <laughs> Although Gandhi, Gandhi's quotes are should not be cliches, but that's kind of the point that I'm making. And, and you're really, you know, fighting back against that and, and living with integrity and, and doing that. So I think that's, that's fascinating. And I think it's super, super important. And I think the, what you just, the other thing that I'll kind of delve into is the resource consumption, because I think that's really, really important for us to, to pause and think about listeners, which is, we talk a lot about, you know, ways to cut down consumption, ways to consume more mindfully, et cetera. And when we think about it, it does boil down to the question of resources, right? Like the question of, um, you know, the power that it took to create that object, the materials, the human um, hands that were required to create said things. And, and understanding that when you're using an item, it didn't just appear out of thin air. There was a lot that went into it. And so when we're, you know, consuming, it makes so much sense to me to just take a step back and kind of be, be more mindful about it. From your perspective, Robin, it sounds like you were even thinking about it on a, a larger scale, which is, you know, um, the fact that our country consumes way more resources than, you know, it, it seems honestly fair to. And I'm curious to know, like, what you think about um, your resource consumption when it comes to your your tiny home. So are you, tell us some, like, some practical things. Are you, you know, using solar panels? Are you... Um, I think we talked, we said you're, you're growing your own food. Like, how are you um, cutting back on your personal resource um, consumption? And, and maybe um, some of your tips and tricks can, can help some listeners. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's endless, the number of things that I could say there, yeah. because we're talking about our entire lives. Like, yes. the, way, the way that our current societal structures are designed, uh, everything we do has been monetized. And most of it is controlled by corporations where... Their goal is to get us to consume more so that they can make more money and keep us disconnected from Earth so that we actually need them rather than knowing that we can meet our needs through ourselves, through our communities, and through relationships with the Earth and with our plants and animal relatives. So uh, all that to say, like, it's endless, but many of the things that I do, I forage a lot of my food. Everywhere I go, I'm finding food and medicine growing freely and abundantly all around me. If I'm in a place for long enough, I'm growing a lot of food in my garden. Currently, I'm mostly traveling, so I'm foraging. Uh, right now, I just transitioned to 100% natural fiber clothing, so no plastic clothing, and it's all locally. Uh, so what I'm doing is I'm... Uh, it's all uh, 
homemade and natural fibers and natural dye. Right now I'm dyeing my clothes with black walnut that I just harvested. So that's for me a deeper connection to the earth uh, with everything that I'm wearing. Um, you know, of course, composting everything that I can, like that includes uh, humanure, composting my own poop and, wow. and, and returning that back to the earth to, to nourish the earth. It means harvesting rainwater and using that water to uh, wash my dishes and shower in. It means I don't have a shower. I go swimming instead. Um, you know, there's just, uh, there's so many things. Uh, a big one, of course, is riding my bike. I, I don't own a car. I haven't owned one for 10 years. And I do still get into cars, but riding my bike as much as possible wherever I go. So it's about how can I do things with my own human power and through relationships with the earth and the plants and animal relatives that we have around us. That's what it's really about. It's questioning everything inside of my house and in my life and saying, you know what? How can I meet these needs in a way where I'm getting these resources harmoniously from the land around me rather than through monetary transactions from corporations that I have no relationship with? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things in there that you just mentioned that that are just really, really important for people to consider. But I, I think obviously you, I mean, I guess my main question to you is like, how do you, how do you not go a bit, I don't know, I'm not, I don't want to say crazy. How do you not drive yourself a little bit with all of the things, right? You could go into so many different layers of, um, you know, trying to be as harmonious as possible. I mean, you mentioned like composting your own waste and things of that nature. Like, how do you take a step back and, and, and be mindful about this? Because it seems like, you're do, you're doing a lot, and I'm wondering: is it ever overwhelming, or how does that how does that ha um, play out for you in, in in your mental capacity? Yeah, I'm I'm often overwhelmed in different ways. The way I look at it is that every human being is going to uh, suffer. We're all suffering mm -hmm. to varying degrees every day, and whatever we do, life is going to be challenging. I mean. You look yeah. at the average person sitting in a million-dollar house with five bedrooms, with multiple of them empty, having everything they need at their disposal, and are they happy? Um, sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. And so the way I look at it is it's just a matter of choosing what we stand for, what challenges we want to live, and in which way we want to suffer. I believe that suffering is the human experience, and it's just a matter of choosing what what what's worth suffering for? What's worth challenging ourselves over? And I know that if I lived the life of convenience where I could get everything I wanted at a click of a button, I would be suffering more than I am right now. I would be unhappier. So for me, what it all comes down to is just asking ourselves, what do we want to be doing with our lives? How do we want to be interacting with this world, with the people in our community, and with our larger community of the plants and animals that we share this earth with? And ask that of ourselves and be honest with ourselves and then decide what life that we want to live. So for me personally, it is of the utmost importance to live in harmony with the earth. And that means there's certain things that I'm going to give up or some would say sacrifice but in doing so, I'm not creating an empty hole in my life. I'm not creating a yeah. void. I'm making space to be doing exactly what I want to be doing. And this life that I'm living, which includes 
you know, composting my own poop and uh, harvesting rainwater and riding my bike, some of these just basic things, and reaching millions of people. This is the life that I want to be living. I'm in love with it. I love my life, and I'm so happy to be doing it, and I'm so happy to be introducing other people to the delusion of the American dream <laughs> and helping them break out of these societal norms and stigmas and in doing so, live with more fulfillment, meaning, and purpose and reconnect to earth and community. Well, I mean, it, it's it's almost as if you wrote that down. <laughs> but of course you didn't. You're just so, so well-spoken about it. I say that because, you know, so many things you touched on that really resonated with me. I mean, thinking of, just lifestyle changes. I mean, obviously your lifestyle changes are, are much more than the average person would probably be willing to do it. But even to think about it as not as a giving up, as not a taking away, as a replacing, um, as making space for other things in your life that you want to focus on, I think is so important. And also when you mentioned um, just now, thinking about what we actually do want to focus on in our lives. And I would imagine people listening to this podcast, you know, are, we're already self-selecting that we are care about the environment, that we know that we want to consume things a little bit better. We've kind of already understood at least even the basics of, the, of, of this problem in our life. So having you vocalize that was, was really powerful. So thank you. Um, I, I really appreciate that. Um, as we, as we think about some of the, you know, tips and tricks, or, um, you call it gateways that you share to people. We talked about, um, you know, general resource consumption, trash, um, you know, trash accumulation, or just, you know, consumption at, at on large, um, you know, tiny house, etc. Are there other, um, you know, tips and tricks or, um, you know, campaigns that you've been active in lately, or even doesn't have to be lately that you find to be particularly resonating with people? Hmm, well, Let's see. Well, of course, you know, something that I did was my year of growing and foraging 100% of my food. And mm. that that for me was a revolution. I mean, seeing that yes. I could seeing that I could meet every single one of my nutritional and medicinal needs from the earth and over the year I grew 100 different foods in my garden and I foraged 200 different foods from the earth. And this was someone who prior to that, had never had more than a four foot by four foot garden bed, two of them actually. So, uh, you know, just a, just a couple small raised beds and had done minimal foraging. And I gave myself 10 months to go from um, growing and foraging 0% of my food uh, to 100%. And then that's okay. what I did for a year down to the salt, the oil, the spices, the herbs, the vitamins, the calories, the protein, the fat, you name it. And wow, I mean, that was life, that was life transformational for me to fully break free from the global industrial food system, see that it's possible. And wow, that was four years ago now, I think. And my life has, you know, just been so much more connected since then. I would imagine. And one of the questions I have for people that are active in foraging is like, I would love to do more of that myself. I am also a hypochondriac and I would be like paralyzed that I was going to eat something that would like poison me. So like, what, what's your advice for somebody like me? Like get, get a book or get some photos or how do you, how do you uh, encourage people to like get over that a little bit? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Some people think 
that in order to start foraging, they need to learn all the toxic plants so that they can know yeah. how to uh, avoid them. But the reality is you only need to know one plant in order to forage one plant. That's, so, that's right. Okay, I like this. <laughs> for example, starting with dandelions or yep. wild grapes or maybe chanterelle mushrooms or goldenrod for making tea. Mm. Um, the idea is to connect with one plant at a time. And yeah, I mean, as, as far as the question goes of what people are connecting to, I've been doing a lot of foraging for the last couple of years. Um, which is another way of saying of, of saying just I go outside and I get my food, and um, I I'm I'm amazed. I mean, millions of people just they're just they're, there's just so many people who just so badly want to do this, want to break free from the grocery store, and want to be able to yep. be eating this food that's growing around them and harvesting their medicine. And that's what I've been doing a lot this year. I've actually been doing a lot of uh, I've taught five foraging schools and I've been le mm. doing plant walks around um, parts of the United States. And yeah. I just love showing people that whether it's their yard or the public park or, you know, out there in what we would call the wilderness, that food and medicine is growing all around us. And at the same time, I just love harvesting my food. Um, that's one of the things that I spend, you know, time most days, but at least if not most days, then numerous times per week, I'm out there just harvesting my food, finding it growing all around me. Wow. I mean, I love that. And I think just you're right. Not getting overwhelmed, thinking about small steps like dandelions. Most people know what those are. So being, you know, curious, going and harvesting some or nearby and trying them. I mean, cooking them. I've heard they're really, really tasty when you kind of saute them up and it's maybe something I'll, I'll go try with my, my daughter. I have a toddler. She'd probably love doing that. And I think getting kids involved in things like that is, is also really important. Um, Robin, we, I can't believe we're almost up at time. I mean, we've, we've had so many really interesting topics. Um, I guess to close, we typically ask our guests the same question. You and I have already, you know, covered it a little bit, but I'll still ask it of you, which is, you know, based on where you're sitting, I think, um, you know, as a, as a leader in this type of awareness and activism, like, what is exciting you the most about the conversation going on about ethical and sustainable living, maybe even comparing it to when you first got started, uh, you know, over the years, like how, how have things evolved? What's exciting to you about the space right now? Yeah, well, I, I, I am excited. And the reason that I'm excited is because since the time I've woken up, millions and millions of people have also woken up and i'm not saying that's because of me i'm i'm just on this journey with with millions of other people like the only reason i was able to wake up is because there were already so many people who were creating documentaries and writing books and sharing this information and so i've seen i've seen an incredible amount of growth in this movement in the last decade. And I also know that every day, thousands and thousands more people are waking up. And that's why I keep doing what I'm doing, because I know there's people, I know there's people that are just saying, how do I get out of this system? How do I break free? And they don't know that it's possible. They're surrounded by the consumerism and, and they genuinely don't know yet. But millions of people have awoken, millions of more people are and will be. 
And, and that's very exciting to me. And then not just people are awakening, but people are creating change. People are changing their lives. I have seen that the landscape has changed a lot in the last decade. Now, with that being said, there's also an incredible amount of greenwashing. And I would actually say that a majority of messages out there along in the environmental world today are greenwashing because corporations have so managed to um, control a lot of it. And I also do want to say that still, even with millions of people waking up, we are on a trajectory of destroying ourselves as a humanity. Like every data point that I look at, everything that I show that I see shows that at, at this point we are we are on a path to destruction. And so basically for a lot of people that would be, you know, just like totally overwhelming and like, well, why even try? But the way I look at it is that our future is uncertain. I don't know what is going to happen. But what I do know is that I value life. I value my life. I value the life of all of my friends. I value the life of our plant and animal relatives. And whether or not we're around in 100 years or 500 years, well, that doesn't affect the fact that I value the life that we have now. And so I'm hopeful and I'm excited because I know that I can use my life to improve the quality of life around me. And I know that millions of us, including all of us who are listening to, to this, can do that. We can live in integrity. We can live in a way that's in harmony. And we can do our part. And we can improve the world around us in doing so. And to me, that's exciting. And that's enough. That's a reason. That's plenty for me to get up each day with excitement to continue on this journey. Well, that was, I mean, just this conversation has been so enlightening to me, Robin. And I think that people who are used to, I guess, like, I don't want to say dancing around, but are used to maybe like not paying as much attention to their consumption habits are going to get a lot out of this podcast because there are so many different ways that we can all, you know, be more mindful, take some of the steps you've talked about, but then also just like bringing it, bringing it back, like stripping everything away and talking about why the why behind this and you I think have articulated the why so well in both the way you talk about this but also in the way that you live your life with integrity so uh, good to other listeners we'll include links um, to some of the resources we talked about of course um, you know ways that you can keep up with Robin and you know some of the campaigns and awareness um, and pieces that he's putting out there are um, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us um, this has been a wonderful conversation yeah, it's been wonderful to spend time with you, and uh, I look forward to doing this again in the years ahead. And to all of you out there, I love you very much, and I look forward to sharing hugs with many of you when we meet in person. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Robin. joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.